This is the Gen Y Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Gen Y Leaders Podcast, where we guide millennials to become the next generation of business leaders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Eric Huey, and multiple times a month, we bring you interviews from high-performing millennials who are challenging perceptions and changing expectations of our generation. Our mission is to help you overcome fear, take action, and go confidently in the direction of your dreams. It's time to start preparing now, mainly because 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every day, which will create a vacuum of career opportunities that you've been waiting for. Will you be ready? Jerome, welcome to the Gen Y Leaders Podcast. Eric, man, you had a baby, started a consulting <laughs> firm, you finally let me on, man. I love the Logan for connecting us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Logan Freeman, past, uh, past guest of the show. Appreciate you. Uh, Jerome, first question's real easy, man. Tell the audience who you are and what you do. Man, I'm just a corporate America dropout. You know, <laughs> other people find their way out of the matrix, man. I... I I built a $20 million division for Fortune 550. I was employee number two. We were up to about 175 employees by September that year. I joined January 13th. By the end of the year, we did $20 million in revenue, 30% profit margins. And I get a phone call Christmas Eve that goes something like this. Hey, Jerome. Uh, I know we've been going back and forth with, about this for a week or a couple of weeks or so. I've made up my mind. We're going to lay off the, about half the folks in this division. Oh, my gosh. And we started to argue. He's like, look, I'm not going to argue with you. It's 4.59 on Christmas Eve. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to spend the holiday with my family. I'll talk to you in the new year. Click. Wow. Unreal. And so I spent the next week trying to figure out who was going to be on the team and who wasn't. And uh, I promised myself I'd never do it again. Fast forward to the next Thanksgiving. And two days before we break, and I said, hey, guys, look, no Black Friday's coming. Don't spend all of your money because I know you get paid. And sure enough, we were having another conversation after that. And at that point, I said I was going to be a dropout. So I left corporate and started pursuing real estate full time. Thought I was going to buy apartments. Got turned away from 10 banks. Wow. <laughs> they all told me that I wasn't qualified. And uh, Gosh, sorry, man. Started fixing and flipping and then eventually got into a partnership, did our first deal and been able to take our talents a little further south and start building a pretty decent port. For sure. Yes, it sounds like you got a, just by looking at your LinkedIn profile here, it seems like you got a lot of stuff going on in addition to real estate. I'm just going down the list here. You got Myers Methods, Myers Development Group, the Compression Podcast, Guards Down, and, and Dream Catchers. So I have two things going on now with this podcast and a consulting firm. I feel like I don't have enough time today. So how in the world do you manage all, I guess, five of these things? Leverage. Yeah. It's all about systems, processes, and having great partners. Definitely. Hey, Compression is a great example. So Logan and I just finished. We 
went over by three minutes. We both were late for our next game. <laughs> but once we record, we're done. Yep. Right? We engage with people on social media, but we, we don't do any editing. We don't make any social media clips. We don't we just record and then we let other people take care of that. And so our contribution is the conversation and the work that we do in order to be able to have the conversation. But the conversation truly is our contribution. Definitely. Use other because I, I think when I was editing my own stuff, it was probably three X, whatever an episode was. And so an hour episode, three hours of editing. And we just don't see that as a great example. Use of time. Right. For sure. Yeah, I could vouch for that. You know, doing this podcast on my own and editing down the show and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd say it's easily three, maybe even five X if you're writing show notes and doing that sort of thing too and come up with social media graphics. So I need to uh, I need to follow in your footsteps as far as that's concerned and, and get somebody hired on to, to take care of the, the editing portion. Um, I guess in addition to, you know, you mentioned systems and processes, is, is each one of those businesses, I guess, slightly different in nature as far as, how it's set up and how demanding it is on your time. One being like a service business, one being product, one being speaking. Is there like different varieties? Is that as far as that's concerned? You know, I, I do everything I can to stay in my core competency. Yeah. And that's helping people figure out how. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people know what they want to do. Some people know why. But the gap for the majority is how. Yeah. And so my background in doing a bunch of big projects that hadn't been done before has allowed me to really hone that skill set. And it's funny, we were just talking about this, but uh, Naval Ravikant talks about specific knowledge. Hmm. So that's my specific knowledge is knowing how to get it done, even if it's never been done before and being able to connect the dots, whether it's resources or people. And I guess some people see people as resources, but connecting all the dots so that thing can get done. Uh, So with guards down, I helped my buddy Greg with coaching. He's doing a new approach to like PTSD treatment and trauma treatment. And so the goal there is to help people transition from being in a low spot to achieving what he calls greatness, which is Mm -hmm. having something that works that you can kind of throw your whole self into. Because I think when people get down in the dumps, it's because they don't have anything going on in their life that they're super excited about. Dreamcatchers is more coaching. It's about spending time with Apex performers and helping them take that thing to the next level. So you started your new firm. You probably don't have a whole lot of people you can go talk to about the things that you're dealing with. Exactly. You don't want to go talk to your wife. You got a baby. You don't want to create stress. You talk to your friends. Most of them still have jobs. The people <laughs> who have their own thing going on are like, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine, Eric. And so now you're like, but it's not fine. I'm trying to work my way through it. And so you're one of the folks who we would spend time with just bouncing ideas, figuring out the how, understanding the why and making sure that why is bigger than all the why nots that stack up as you're encountering the challenges. I think a lot of people have these dreams, ambitions, goals that they want to accomplish. They don't have the right support system. They don't have the right strategies and they try to go do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they get out into the desert after leaving the cool jungle <laughs> right where they can just grab fruit and eat it right and they see scarcity and most of the times they turn and go back into the jungle because it's more comfortable mm. versus sweating it out and finding an oasis getting a drink of water and then going over to 
to what I consider to be the promised land. Uh, Myers Methodist Real Estate Education. And we're, we're just teaching people what we do when it comes to apartment investing. I think we are the only group in the country that talks joint ventures over syndications. Hmm. And we really believe that. We think that it's the way for people to get started, establish a track record, and have some success so that they can go talk to people about what they've done instead yeah. of what they want to do. I think it's sure. a whole lot easier for somebody, especially banks, to invest in something that has proof of concept right. versus a dream. Yeah. In fact, I've learned that banks don't invest in dreams. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So we've talked uh, a lot on the show uh, about real estate with Logan, you know, several other guests. I think for uh, today, you know, we're going to stay, top, uh, stay on the topic of um, dream catchers and, you know, the professional development aspect and, and coaching. But um, before we get into that, talk a little bit about your why. I knew I wanted to interview you because you're wearing that shirt. And I think uh, when Logan first got to know you, I saw you posted in some pictures with, with that shirt. I was like, I'm going to like this guy a lot. So uh, his shirt says for, for those who are just listening and not watching, drum shirt says, I took the red pill. And that's after uh, one of the famous movies of us millennials is uh, The Matrix. And then drum, you also have kind of another mantra that goes into that is as far as your dreams should be real. Can you elaborate on that? And, you know, what, what's the, what's the thinking behind those? Yeah. So uh, you've done your, your research, Eric. I, I appreciate <laughs> the fact that you know, those two things. Uh, so the first with, I took the red pill. So it, it is a, a nod to the matrix, but it is also a whole lot deeper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a model for centered life and it starts with self-image and then moves to relationships followed by work. Then we move into health, prosperity, and significance. Self-image, relationship, work. Those three things cause all the stress in your life. They are the nucleus. You fix those three things, you're set up to have stronger, better health because you're not doing the self-destructive habits to cope with the stress which negatively impact your health. From health, you move to prosperity. You want to have your health before prosperity because health will rob all of your wealth because a man will give up everything he has for health. Prosperity is next because we believe that you have to put your mask on first and through your abundance, you can give. And so significance is the top level, right? And this is where you actually make a positive or meaningful impact in the lives of others. And so I, I took the red pill. It starts within, it radiates out. You fix yourself, you make promises to yourself, you keep them. That's what creates your self-esteem and image. For sure. From there, you, can, you feel comfortable holding other people accountable and look for mutual benefit in your relationships once you have a great relationship with yourself. This attracts great people to you, which allows you to lead groups of people in your work that you wouldn't be able to before. Right. And you keep growing up and and getting better. But it starts with you. Most folks want the world to change and they stay the same. I think you have to change and then your world will change for you. When I move over to your dream should be real. Uh, It's it's a funny story and (laughs) it's kind of convoluted, but I think I'll be able to land a plane if if you guys indulge me for a little while. And so when I was a little kid, my favorite thing to do was see the trash man come around the corner and his name was Lonnie. And I would hear it. We were third house in, in the cul-de-sac and he would hop off the truck, do a little spin, grab the (laughs) trash can, flip the lid up 
<laughs> it would spin like a quarter, fall flat. He'd do a little spin, dump the trash in, and then spin the trash can back to the edge of the street, hit the curve perfectly, right? <laughs> and I'm standing there with my mom, five, about five, four or five, and I'm like, okay, here it comes. And I look at my mom, pat her on the side, and then he does it. And he looks at me, right? He gives me the point, and then he does it. He grabs the lever, he pulls it down, and the thing comes down to compact the trash. And I go crazy, right? <laughs> I, I absolutely love big machines. It's like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. I look at my mom and say, mom, I want to be a trash man. And she looks at me as only a mom could do it. She says, baby, being a trash man isn't going to afford you the lifestyle you want to live. And I said, yeah, but he gets to pull the lever, right? And <laughs> he's at home with his kids when they get out of school. And I just thought, man, that is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward to the next level. And it's just like, wow, how can we do this? And so my mom tells me, well, maybe you can own the company. And I was like, okay, <laughs> own the company. I don't even know how to do that. Right. But what I do know, what I do expect, what I do think is that, you know, you can have whatever you want, right? Whatever your dream is, and you just have to be willing to pay the price. A lot of people say they want things, but they're not willing to sacrifice anything in order to get them. Mm -hmm. And that sacrifice is, in my opinion, the most important thing that you can get clear about. Yeah. Because you won't go and start things that aren't really high on your totem pole. For sure. Yeah. Sacrifice is such an interesting topic. Uh, another mutual friend of actually Logan's uh, and I is a guy named Brent Vogel. He's been on the podcast as well, but um, I always talk about with him that, you know, people have a, a negative perception of sacrifice, but sacrifice it doesn't have to be looked at like that. It's, you know, essentially just trading outcomes, right? Um, a Friday night for starting your business, you know, Friday night out, that is, um, you know, Saturday morning golf or doing whatever, spending time with the kids. So yeah, it's, it's just trading. And when, when it comes down in my, in my eyes, would you agree? It, it is. And, you know, there's activities you get paid for and there's activities you don't get paid for. And yeah. I think we've kind of adopted this idea as a society that it's all about leisure and comfort. And I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. I think it's about impact. Yeah. And I think the bigger impact you can make, the bigger return on investment, whoever you believe puts you on this earth is getting. Yeah. Um, and so this kind of kind of brings things full circle because you asked me about my why. My why is freedom. Yeah. Right. And it's not just for me, but it's for anybody who actually desires it. I think a lot of people are doing work they're not passionate about in order to make money, to buy things that they don't really want, to impress people who they don't really care about and who aren't paying attention to them anyway. Yeah. So what if we could decouple our time for money and make sure that we're able to live the lifestyle that we want to live and then just really focus on the things that we are most interested and engaged and locked into? Yeah. Right. It, if we could do that, then I think we can make a huge impact and make a big difference. For sure. Yeah. I love what you said about, um, people kind of have the fall into convenience mode and 
they aren't challenged enough and that um, earlier on you used the, the analogy of, of being in the jungle and having the, the easy accessible fruit before going out in the desert. Um, uh, that interests me a lot. Do, do you think, um, do you think there's some element of people needing to be, um, shaken up a little bit or have some qualifying event in their life to like realize that there, that there is this red pill? So the short answer for most people is yes. Yeah. Right. You either, I, I, I say you either jump out or you get kicked out. <laughs> right. And it's a matter of if you're willing to listen, but I, yeah. I don't think most people create an environment where it's quiet enough where they can listen. Mm. And so if you're actually spending the time in self-reflection, if you're actually spending the time in self-development, then you probably make the decision for yourself. Yeah. But if you don't, then there's some organizing power Mm-hmm. that will push you to the place where you don't have a choice yep. and losing your choice is where people get really reprehensive and they start to pull back and recoil and they resist mm. instead of surrendering. Yep. And I think in that resistance is where we really get lost because we missed the opportunity to actually learn the lesson. For sure. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And then just from a technology standpoint too, and social media, internet and notifications for every single thing in life, I feel like there's just so, so, so many distractions that to your point, it's, it's harder and harder to sit in silence and have that self-reflection, but it seems like every successful entrepreneur that I've encountered and interviewed on the show, much like yourself is, you know, self-awareness is at the top of your list and, and everyone's list that I talk to, uh, in the entrepreneurial space. Cause I feel like that's so needed and, uh, entrepreneurship's a, a definitely a lonely road. Uh, so you definitely have to be self, self-aware. It's only lonely if you choose to be the lone wolf. And this is the thing that I've learned. You have to be willing to walk the road alone, yeah. right? I agree with that 3,000%. But I think you can engage with a community of people and if nothing else, at least a coach to yeah. go on that walk with you. And okay. I think that is a piece that is probably most exciting. I, I liken it to somebody who's running a marathon. I think every entrepreneur is running a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's always a marathon. It's going to take longer and be further than what you think it's going to be. Yeah. But having the people along the way that can hand you that cup of water as you come around that corner and you not really know that it's there, <laughs> but you're super grateful for it because you get to throw it back and it gives you the knowledge that, hey, I can keep going because there's people replenishing me along the way. Mm-hmm. The, when you go alone, you're running on all your own power. Yeah. And eventually that battery runs down. You've got to find some way to recharge it. For some people, it's just going on vacation and being quiet. Others, you, you got that format though, but others, you know, it's getting a hug from the little one. And for you, it's probably getting drooled on right now, right? But, <laughs> yeah, you know, it sounds like you speak it makes experience. everything better, right? <laughs> but, you know, you start stacking that stuff and you realize, man, like whatever it is, you got to know where your source is. Mm-hmm. You, you got to find source and stay connected to source because if not, you, you get depleted. No different than the, the Tesla. You got to yeah. charge something. <laughs> For sure. The other point that uh, comes to mind as I hear you talk, you know, I mentioned earlier, um, self-awareness is, is key for entrepreneur, but uh, I think being a good storyteller is, is huge for a lot of successful people. And just listening to all your, all your stories, all your analogies is, is uh, really interesting. So w- well done for that. You're an awesome storyteller. Appreciate that. Um, so kind of going off the community aspect, you know, this, uh, the red pill model and, and uh, the model for a centered life. Um, Let's get back to the uh, the self self image because that intrigues me a lot. Going back to your point about you know most people want to fix the world, 
and not fix themselves first. Is that why the, the self-image sector is the, the dead center of that? Yeah, and it's actually, it's not, they're concentric, but not. So right. we, we put the self-image at the bottom and so it's foundational and then everything builds around it, right? I, okay. I do think you are the center of your world. Yeah. Uh, people tell you not to do that, but you are. I mean, you see everything from your perspective. So how could you not be? Right. Right. And so for me, it it absolutely is the beginning and the, it ends up being the end because when you're in the significant space all the way at the top level, it's self-serving. You're helping others because it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess I keep putting my hands up, assuming that people know what I'm talking about, but uh Jerome on his, uh, on his Dreamcatcher's website has this awesome graphic that he would just kind of explain there. So um, for anybody watching, I'll, I'll pop that up during this uh, segment here, but uh, also put it in the show notes and, and link to Jerome's website so you can go check that out for yourself. Um, Jerome, I mean, we, we kind of, you kind of alluded to this, but you know, what, what drives you to be a coach? Was it, was it the moment, the kind of wake up moment in, in corporate and, uh, and seeing that? What, what drives you to be a coach? What, what motivates you? No. So I was fortunate enough to be mentored by a president of a division at a fortune five I was working for. Yeah. And he exposed me to his coach when I was getting started. And I had one from the age of five, but it was just in sports. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, so like top performers in business actually have coaches too. Right. This is really cool. And so for me, I'm a wind up doll, right? It's just <laughs> tell me where to go and I'm gone. Right. But yeah. You got to tell me what to do. Yeah. So after about a year and a half of it, I started looking around and I saw what my career was doing. And then I saw my peers. They yeah. started a company around the same time, in addition to folks that I went to school with. And I was like, my experience is very different than everybody else's. What's different? Mm-hmm. And it was simply the intense focus on the development. Yeah. And so having somebody that was forcing me to be self-reflective, forcing me to ask tough questions, forcing me to stretch and reach for things that maybe I wouldn't have tried before or even been cognizant of as opportunities. Game changer. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well said. Always be a lifelong learner, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, When you're coaching other people, you know, what do you find holds people back the most from their own dreams? Is it fear? Is it self-limiting beliefs or fear of judgment or is there even one thing common thread yeah the one thing is the story they tell themselves yeah right we get to decide what everything means and mm-hmm. we create a story around it doesn't yeah. matter what it is it could be somebody stepped on the back of my shoe oh they hate me they were trying to mess up my 300 dollars shoes and they did all of that on purpose yeah. and the person could have been looking at their phone or trying to read something on a newspaper mm-hmm. and it just so happened and but you made that story up and now you have to, not only is the story made up, but you've got to unpack it because now there's a conflict. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, being in a place where you're telling stories to yourself that are serving you, mm. hopefully for the good, yeah. right. Serving you in a way that's going to allow you to move to the place you want to go is the difference between you getting what you want and you not. Is there any books or resources that you'd recommend as far as, you know, entrepreneurship in general, but also, you know, coaching and mentoring and, and being coachable? Yeah. I, I think the first book that I would recommend is the one that was a quake book for me, which is the four agreements. Okay. Uh, and it 
literally walks through the four things that you should do in order to live an extraordinary life. One is be impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm. Two is uh, never take anything personally. Three is never make assumptions. And the last one, and probably the one that I, I use the least, is always do your best. I, I never talk about it because it's just kind of part of it, right? But yeah. always doing your best is is a bar that most people aren't willing to chase. Yeah. And if we go back to self-image, the reason why self-image and self-esteem is so hard mm-hmm. is because you always know whether or not you did your best. Yeah. Like when somebody else lets you down, you can give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, they were trying. They When you don't keep the promise to yourself, you know if you did everything you were supposed to do. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. That's an awesome book. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes for folks listening and watching if uh, you want to go check it out. But that's that's definitely on my to-read list now. Jerome, where can people connect with you if they want coaching or just business, per- personal advice, what have you? Yeah, I think the best place for your listeners to go to find out about everything we have going on is jeromemyers.co. Okay. And there you, you can find just about anything, man, from our live events to our real estate investing company, real estate education, you name it, it's all there. Awesome. Well, Jerome, I have uh, no doubt why you're a coach. I'm fired up. Just listen to this. I'm going to go like run six miles like you do every morning after this and, uh, and uh, keep being motivated. So really appreciate your time today to talk to us and uh, best of luck to you and your career. Thanks, Eric. Same to you, bud. All right. Bye. That wraps up today's episode. We hope to have brought you some valuable key takeaways. Most importantly, whatever you learned, take action on it, apply it to your life, apply it to your career. Motivation and inspiration only come as a result of taking that first step. So if you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever platform you found the show. You can also follow us on all the major social media platforms or contact us directly at genyleaders at gmail.com. That's G-E-N-W-H-Y leaders at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Eric Huey, and thanks for listening to the Gen Y Leaders Podcast.